Hello everyone, it's Chris from The Full 40 with Chris and Rob, brought to you by Nova Insider. Wishing everyone a happy Thanksgiving and holiday weekend. We recorded this podcast on Wednesday evening prior to the Canisius game following the fiasco that was the Furman game this past weekend. The Canisius game seemed to go pretty well. We didn't cover it in this upcoming podcast. I don't think that there was too much to cover or too much different from what we already talked about on this podcast. So just letting you know up front to set your expectations. But we're going to press on with the turkey tournament and then we'll have a podcast out for you at the back end before Big Five play starts next week. Thanks. And as always, let's go Nova. Now here's Jim Nance. everyone and welcome back it's the full 40 with chris and rob happy thanksgiving everybody i know the tone around the nova nation is not so happy right now but i think this is a great time to remember what we do have also as a heads up this podcast we have less expectations than normal negative expectations <laughs> about the same expectations you should have for this team at this cool. moment that low, geez. We're, we're really setting the bar low today. But Rob and I are doing a remote podcast. We tried this once before around Selection Sunday. It was a train wreck. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say it was interesting to say the least, Rob, with the less PC <laughs> version. Um, but yeah, so don't mind us. Listening is your choice. It's a free country as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> so you're free to do whatever you want. Yeah, un- unfortunately, we don't have the power to make people listen. I think we're, we're looking into that. We're going to just force it into your feeds. But until we get that, yeah, I guess you're choosing to listen to us. Yeah, true. And we can't control what happens on Twitter. And I think that's exactly where we need to start, Rob. Ooh. I don't want to start with the Furman game. I want to start with the Twitter reaction to the Furman game. Villanova Twitter? Villanova Twitter. It's a thing. Villanova Twitter is a thing, right? You look on Villanova Twitter, look on the VU Hoops comment sections, you look on VU Sports comments, etc. Villanova has a social media presence. People talk about this team. It's one of the best parts, one of the things I love about Villanova basketball. Uh, but man, was it a train wreck on uh, a Saturday evening. <laughs> It was it was so bad. I was looking at some of the comments and I was like, is this like what it's like to be on, on Georgetown, to be a Georgetown fan where you've basically had shit performance for the last 10 years and then you still start off horrible? Because I mean, that would be that would be I, I don't even want to see what would happen if that was the case. Because no, looking at this, I wouldn't have not. expected that we won two national titles in the last three years. Look, let's take let's all take a step back. I think in there was like back and forths with people, people saying like, you know, give Jay Wright a break. People saying we have the right to criticize. That's a fan's responsibility. And I think everyone is a little bit right here. I honestly do. I think that, look, Jay Wright is a professional. Jay understands that getting paid the money he does, he's by far the highest paid employee of Villanova. He understands that his team is prominent. He wants the success. He wants all the glory that comes with success. He has to accept the pissed offness that comes when there is a lack of success. Yep. Yep. So so Jay understands, right? And I don't think Jay would want to coach in an environment that people didn't give a shit. <laughs> That's fair. So so right there and there, so let's just say that Jay is not above reproach. However, 
160 minutes into a season and the last basketball game was us winning the national championship, I do think that Jay deserves the benefit of the doubt. And there is a big difference between the benefit of the doubt and just basically agreeing and saying everything he does is perfect and wonderful and I will never question him. That is a huge gap between those two points of view. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, look, I think you're spot on, right? He's got, we are a couple games into the season. He's been, he's been trying to set expectations all along. Mind you, I don't know that anybody's actually listened to him, but if you listen to his sound bites throughout this, it's, or it's going to take a while to get the team together. We've got a young, a lot of young guys. And I feel like recently or the past few years, we've been spoiled because he'll kind of say that. And everybody's like, yeah, 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 but, but, but we'll be good. And we always had like a few senior leaders and Look, frankly, the past five years have been insane. So anything Jay said to kind of temper expectations, people have kind of thrown out the window. But he has been at least consistent saying, it's a lot to ask of these guys. We've got a lot of new faces. We've got graduate transfers, et cetera. And it seems like newsflash, he actually knew his team. And he's probably right. It's going right, to take us right. a little and while look, to figure right, this out. You and I were guilty of this too. We were like, nah, yeah, Jay's saying don't have high expectations, et cetera. But We'll be fine. And we even acknowledged that the preseason top 10 ranking was garbage. We all thought that that was too high, right? But that being said, right, you get you get respect. It was a it was a Duke-esque ranking in which, well, the name on the front of the jersey says Villanova. And last I checked, Jay Wright's still coaching that team. So as far as we're concerned, they're going to be in the top 10. And that's all it was, right? Yeah. And yeah, you look at the returning pieces with Pascal and Booth. But when we talk about returning pieces... Like, it's not exactly we're returning the star players from last year's team. Yes? Well, well wait. I, I, I want to focus on what you just said. We're returning pieces. We're not returning a cohesive like team and unit, which I feel like might have been the difference in years past, which I think is kind of similar to what you're getting at with returning stars. We're literally returning pieces and expecting the pieces to one, all mesh together, and two, also accelerate their performance. Absolutely. Glad you brought me back to that. Because when we're going through this season, it's important to remember the pieces. And the last five seasons have been so insane, right? There are 350 basketball programs. And over the last five seasons, we've won the most games in what is historically those last five seasons, the third hardest conference. And especially in the last three, we've won two national championships. And oh, by the way, the season that we didn't win the national championship, we were the overall one seed in the NCAA tournament, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty good. That's yeah. pretty good. So let's just recap that for a second. In the last five years, we've been the one or two seed every year. In the last five years, we've been the overall one seed for the first time in program history. In the last five years, we've increased the number of national championships that we've had by three. <laughs> we had one and we now have three. Right? So 300% more national championships, right? So and, and oh, by the way, Jay Wright in the last 10 years has made three final fours. So people talk about, well, he had spotty success other than those two national championships. That's not quite correct, right? <laughs> You well, wait. You can say that he had spotty. Whatever. Even if you make the claim he had spotty success, other than two national championships, like what is yeah, that? Yeah. That's like that's just not a valid right. but statement. Like, important to remember, Jay Wright was still the coach. Uh, you know, you know, a- Apple Apple had spotty success except for that iPhone and <laughs> iPad thing. You know, it just kind of one hit wonder. It's like what? <laughs> right. <laughs> so so yeah. Oh five. Oh four. Oh five. Sweet sixteen. Oh five. Oh six. Elite eight. Oh seven. Oh eight. Sweet sixteen. Oh eight. Oh nine. Final four. Right? So people forget three final fours in the last 10 years. 
total number of Final Fours before Jay Wright took the helm as head coach of Villanova basketball. Three and one happened to be vacated. So and and, and look, I, I think there's I think there's a difference because I feel like everybody realizes what he's done. Right? Fine. Everybody says nobody's going to debate. He's been phenomenal for the university. And let's be real. I don't think anybody. I don't. I didn't see any comments that were like fire Jay Wright. So it hasn't gotten to. The, it hasn't gotten to that point, right? No. It, and and I do want to differentiate. Like I don't think people are are overlooking his success. But I will say this: there's a difference. This goes to your benefit of the doubt thing. There's a difference between literally three weeks ago us like being like, all right, when's the Jay Wright statue going up? When are we putting the name on the court? The guy is a god. He's a you know Hall of Fame. Yada yada yada. He is the greatest thing ever to happen to Villanova. To we are just questioning everything because you you can't you can't really have it both ways. You've gotta you've gotta recognize what he's done, give him credit for the accomplishments that he has, and say, all right, we've had some stumbles because frankly, everybody has stumbles. It doesn't matter. Everybody goes through this, and that's like nobody's calling for his no, head or his no ostrich at this that. point. That, but, no one's doing that. But but and 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 we do want to differentiate be- between like there's nobody there's nobody else that you'd basically. Say yeah, I would sign up for this coach Jay, taking Jay's place. There's maybe four or five other coaches basically on the same playing field as Jay Wright. Aside from that, there's no one else that's even in the realm of conversation. Correct. So, so, so there's not really an alternative we can be throwing around here. We can talk a little bit about the tweaks and stuff, which which we'll get to in a little bit. But let's just pump the brakes a little bit. Clearly, the guy knows what yes, he's doing. That's well said. The I saw one comment on Twitter that was like, "Blind faith is stupid." It's not blind faith. <laughs> the guy no. has had incredible success. It's not blind faith to be like, I trust Jay Wright, right? That is, he's <laughs> earned our trust. I think he's earned our trust. Yeah. Based on all the statistics we just mentioned, he's earned our trust. There's no such thing as blind faith. This is not no. God or Jesus Christ or proving that they existed, which is fine. But just to be clear, we went to Catholic school. I'm not saying anything about yeah. that. That's not bl- That's blind faith. Right? Believing God yeah. exists is blind faith. You've never seen God. Jay Wright, I've seen him win two national championships in the last three years. I've seen him make three Final Fours in the last nine years. I don't have blind faith in Jay Wright. I have faith that is very well earned in Jay Wright. This is this is like the equivalent of Jesus coming to you last Friday be like, yo, I'm going to turn that water into wine. You're like, okay, yeah, show it. And he's like, he does it. And you're like, all right. And then he does it again the next weekend after. So there you go. You've got two proof points. This is beyond blind faith. All right, this is the real deal. Right. And then, but the Monday thereafter, he says, "Nah, I don't feel like doing that this time." And you're <laughs> yeah, like, "Well, yeah. then, I don't know if you're really Jesus." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, enough enough religion for this podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, Thanksgiving man. is a Thanksgiving is a national holiday. That's right. right. That's right. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. All right. So all of that being said, look, the reality situation is I don't think anyone – we're not talking about the majority of Villanova fans. I think the majority of Villanova fans here have – understand that they need to have patience and this team is going to be a work in progress. And like us, we had high hopes going into the season and our expectations were a little bit inappropriate at least at this point in the season. But 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 I mean that's the thing. And like I think in the season of Thanksgiving, let's give thanks and let's take a different view on the season, right? My goal and my hope is that, yeah, this team gets everything turned around and we're still, you know, a three seed or a four seed coming into the tournament, right? And we still have high hopes for for March. Even if we don't, let's try and appreciate these guys for what they're doing. Let's enjoy the ride. Let's watch these guys grow. Like, hopefully, we'll get to this minute, but, you know, hopefully the young guys get playing time. We can watch them evolve. Hopefully the team as a whole comes together and we get to watch that growth, which frankly is something that 
we haven't really actually gotten to enjoy all that much that growth and that maturation throughout the season. I feel like the past few years, people will say, oh yeah, our defense has gotten a lot better. And yeah, it has. But you're talking about, ah, we went from the fifth best team in the country to the right. first best team in the country, right? right? You know, now we're going to, now the potential is to see a much greater evolution of this team. And look, this is a hard reset for me, but I'm going to try and try to enjoy it try to give the guys credit for what they're doing on the court and try to see them grow. I think it'll be fun. If you are constantly evaluating this edition of Villanova basketball versus the 16 team, the 18 team, or the 17 team, or the 14 team, or the 13 team, you are going to be a little bit disappointed. Yeah. Or not the 13 team. The 13 team is actually a good corollary for this team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And think about the joy of watching that team. That team lost to Columbia, which was way worse of a loss than Furman. I saw one tweet out there that was like, this is worse than Furman. No, no, it wasn't. Totally agree. Like it wasn't worse than that. So the reality of the situation is, is that this team is going to struggle early. Yep. And then, and then the joy of this team is going to be watching them grow and mature and come together. As Jay Wright has shown, he knows how to get teams to do with one glaring exception of that 11-12 team, right? With that one yep. major exception, he is going to bring this team along and they're going to get better and the excitement with watching a team that you don't expect to win every game mm, yeah. is so much more fun because it's like, hey, I don't know if they're going to win this game. This is a big game. If they happen to win this game, it will be fucking amazing. That is fun. It's actually fun to have that too. Like, look, I'd rather win 40 games a year yeah. all the time. I absolutely would sign up for that. Absolutely. But college basketball is fun. It's about watching people grow. It's like they're students and they get better and then they become – and then they become something greater than the sum of their parts. And that is fun. And Villanova basketball has shown the ability to do that too. We've had that a lot. The 07-08 team is a great example. Like that team lost five games in a row. People left them for dead. That team made the Sweet 16. It was so much fun watching those NCAA yeah. games because you're not sitting there in the second round biting your nails off. Is this team going to fucking blow it again in the second round? You're sitting there being like, if we lose this game, cool. It would have performed according to my expectation. If they win this game, that's going to be the fucking coolest thing ever because we're going to make the Sweet 16 in a year that I didn't expect to. Right? That's fun. Yeah, totally. And and I don't think either of us are saying we'd rather have that than no. you know winning the national championship, right? Yeah. It's, it's more just a reset of how you can view this season and how there is like a lot to enjoy no matter how the season right, right. plays and when, out. And when players, you have players like Brunson, like Brunson Bridges, Bridges, DiVincenzo, Divincenzo, et cetera, et cetera, or Hart and Jenkins you're evaluating their play because you've, you've seen, seen them almost, almost at their, their ceiling there for, for such a long, long extended, extended period of time, time. right? Mm-hmm. Versus a guy like a Colin Gillespie, right? Or a guy like a Demir Cosby Roundtree or a Jermaine yep. Samuels or whatever. Yeah. If you want to compare Jermaine Samuels against Mikhail Bridges, you're going to think he fucking sucks. Right? <laughs> like, like right now, you're going to think this kid is not good. Yeah. And so be it. Right. But if you're going to compare Jermaine Samuels to where Jermaine Samuels a year ago, you're going to say, okay, I have a lot of positives to get. That's pretty exciting. And over the course of the season, as he grows and learns and gets more minutes, he should evolve and become a better player. And it'll be fun to watch that happen. Yeah. We just have had the luxury of having to, of having those guys who need time to mature stowed in like the seventh or eighth or ninth man yeah. on our team it, it, for the last several yeah, years. Yeah, and, and that's a good point, right? Like the when you look at like a Samuels, 
he's being asked to do, in theory, being asked to do different things than, say, a Bridges in his freshman year, right? Bridges, which was his, after his redshirt year, was the 15-16 year. He was a very much a role player on that team. He came in for defense, and he was a spot-up shooter. That's it. And he wasn't actually, he wasn't, he wasn't even that good of a three-point shooter. He was like, he was like a pretty decent three-point shooter, but he wasn't expected to do a whole lot more. And so it's interesting, like, if you take that lens and you say, hey, Samuels is, you know, this is Samuels' second year because, you know, but he's, it's kind of similar. Like, he didn't, basically didn't play last year. If I have, if I limit my expectations for him and say, hey, I want him to shoot some threes when they're open and grab some rebounds, that's a totally different view than, hey, I expect Samuels to be the, you know, third option or fourth option on the team, which we're kind of asking him to be right now. And guess what? It's not working all that well. Exactly right. And look, so I guess I guess I, I think we should move on here to talking a little bit about that, right? Like let's get so we've given our thanks. We've said our piece. Yep. Right? Like give this team some time. Let's actually talk about the Furman game. Let's see what we're seeing from our players. Not gonna go, look, we're not a game analysis, we're not a team analysis, guys. No, no, but no. like it can be exciting to watch this team come along. So I guess do you want to take a small break and then come back to that? Uh sure. Yeah, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back. Okay. Stick with us. We'll be right back. We'll just have a word real quick from Nova Insider. Hello, everyone. It's Chris from The Full 40 with Chris and Rob, brought to you by Nova Insider. Nova Insider is the best place to go for all things related to Villanova basketball news. Check them out on Instagram and on Twitter. I'm telling you, it's the best place to go if you're looking for inside Nova info. Also, don't forget to check out their website, Nova Insider 1985-1985.com for some seriously awesome gear. Stay with these guys. They got some really exciting stuff coming out. Again, this is The Full 40 with Chris and Rob, brought to you by Nova Insider. And now let's get back to the show. All right, everyone. Welcome back. It's The Full 40 with Chris and Rob. Happy Thanksgiving once again. Um, So this is the Thanksgiving podcast. We've given our thanks to Jay Wright, despite how the season's progressing so far. And we're going to talk a little bit now about what we're seeing so far with the players. And I think we got to start with the big news, right? The thing that everybody's talking about, literally the entire country, everyone, Twitter, the whole world is talking about this. And that's the fact that Dylan Painter is transferring from the program. I said, I shed multiple tears. It was, it was a tough day when I saw that news yeah so look (laughs) dylan painter beautiful program from john shackleton to get this kid into wonderful shape yeah i i didn't know where you were going with that i'm like ah beautiful program all right talking about how wonderful transformation is for the people on this team nothing was greater than the body transformation that john shackleton put together for Dylan Painter. 100%. That kid looks incredible. He does. He is going to be the most fit person on his next team. Yes, absolutely. But in all seriousness, Twitter was on fire after the loss a couple of nights ago. And the big topic was actually about Javon Quinterly. And I don't think that we can talk anything about this podcast, about any of our players without talking about this yep. topic. And this topic actually goes into the Jay Wright conversation that we had in the first half of the podcast tonight. So, Quinterly, if you didn't see the game, got literally a DNP. We played 45 minutes because it was a five-minute overtime, and Quinterly did not play. Crazy. That is pretty wild. Absolutely wild. Right? And 
The reason why people, more than anything else, were so all over Jay Wright was because Quinterly and some of the other freshmen got very little minutes, and especially Quinterly with the DNP, who was our five-star guy. This was the guy who was coming in. He was going to quote-unquote, replace Jalen Brunson, which was never going to actually happen. But he was supposed to come in and replace Jalen Brunson and was going to provide a little bit more seamless transition. And the reality of the situation is this guy has not been able to see the floor with the exception of garbage time in most of the game so far and absolutely zero time in the game against Furman. So it's a fair question to ask. Yeah. What the hell is going on? I think my favorite post that I saw on Twitter or I don't know where it was, some comment section, was saying that Jay has no good reason. There is no good reason for not playing Quinterly. And I'm like, I sat there, I'm like, I'm pretty sure there's a good reason. Like, Jay Wright kind of knows basketball. I pretend to know basketball, but Jay Wright probably knows what's going on with Quinterly and probably knows what's a good decision to make with his team. So I think you and I have talked about this a lot. There is presumably some key reason why he's not playing. And I mean, I don't want to speculate too much. Maybe, look, maybe it's as simple as Jay's really not comfortable with him on offense and defense. He hasn't shown much when he's played, but maybe there is something else there. And I don't want to speculate too much on it, but it does raise the question, right? Oh, yeah. You have to ask the question. There's nothing wrong with asking the question, but there's three different ways that you can approach this topic, all of which have much different connotations, Yeah. right? One is, I'd like to see more Quinterly. I think everyone would like to see more Quinterly, right? <laughs> yes. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Five-star player? Yes, absolutely. As a fan, I want to know what this kid can do. Yep. Can he actually play basketball? That would be a great question to ask. I would like to, in order for me to be able to evaluate that, I would like to see more of him, <laughs> right? And yeah, some people tack on like how much worse could it be, right? Like whatever. Fair, all fair, right? I get that point too. Um, and the question is, it could be worse. <laughs> it could still be worse. Yeah, it, it could be. It could be. So then then the second point is, I don't understand why Quinterly doesn't get more playing time. Also fair. Chances are, you probably don't understand why <laughs> Quinterly is not getting more playing time because I don't understand why Quinterly is not getting more playing time. Jay presumably has a reason, and I'm sure it's a damn good reason, <laughs> as you said, why Quinterly is not getting more playing time. Now, you could disagree with that reason, whatever it may be, and that reason could be as conspiracy theorist, as like there's some eligibility thing going mm. on, or there's some attitude thing going on, or it could be that he sucks, like actually <laughs> sucks, or he's injured, or something like that. Like That could be like the big conspiracy thing. Are we hiding an injury? Mm. Whatever. Or it could be something as simple as, guess what? Colin Gillespie is currently ahead of him in line. Let's remember that Colin Gillespie was like the seventh or eighth guy on last year's team. Mm -hmm. And now he's asked to be a point guard or the starting two guard on a very, very, at least talent-wise, strong team, yep. right? So so Jay needs to actually get, right? And this is a point that like I'll give to all the freshmen, right? Is Jay is actually trying to build up his sophomores, right? Like people, people forget that. Like we don't only really have freshmen to grow. Our sophomores need to grow. Yeah. Right? And – and Pascal and Booth have never led a team before. Well, Pascal kind of did when he was at Fordham, but this is different. So Pascal and Booth have never been asked to lead a team before. So important to remember all of that, right? But I don't think Pascal and Booth need too much more growth. I think the, th the three sophomores need a lot of growth. And to Jay's point, or no, I don't know if it's Jay's point, but again, the I don't understand thing, Jay might be saying... I need to get more time for these guys before I can even worry about getting more time for my freshmen. Yeah, that's true. So the I don't understand thing is also fair. Yep. Then you have a group of people saying, 
Javon Quitterly needs to play more. Jay Wright is wrong for not playing him. And to them, I say, how the fuck do you know that? <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. How could you possibly say that? Unless unless you're you and I who sit here and have all the answers, in which case you would absolutely know, because that's why you tune in to the full 40, is for all the answers, because that's that's simply what we do. We are We are your inside track to the team here, as we've clearly stated. The best argument you can make is that it can't get worse. Those people, that's the that's the best argument that they got. It can't be worse than it is because we've lost the last two games. Yeah. To that, I say, actually, it could. It could be worse. It, it could be worse. For Michigan, Michigan is going to be the best defense we see all year, period. Yep. And Furman is better than, I would bet, probably like three teams in the Big East. Probably. Right? Like, important to remember this. For, people see Furman and they think this is supposed to be some sh- throwaway shit team that is garbage. But Furman on Ken Palm is top one fifteen, okay, ish, one thirty ish. They're not. They're not good. They're not great. But like, yeah, yeah, they're 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 a respectable team. They're a respectable team. Yeah, they'll probably win their conference if I had to guess. At the very least, they'll come in like second in their conference. Yeah, this is a good team with 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 people coming back and I happen to think that their coach just listening in on some of their timeouts, etc., they were prepared. They were yeah. ready. That team was ready for us. Yeah. So I'm not saying that this is a world beating team. I am not saying that at all. But this team is better than DePaul and Georgetown have been over the last couple seasons. That's true. I mean yeah, they already knocked off uh Loyola Chicago earlier this year who was borderline a top 25 team to start the year maybe not looking like it right now but they, they've got a couple now they've got a couple quality wins right so they're they're a respectable team your point is well taken yeah that's that's my point right yeah exactly right so it could get worse yeah yeah it's yeah it could get worse we could have gotten absolutely torched by that team we could have lost in regulation by more points yeah so would i expect that to be the case no would i be a, would i think that that's acceptable no but it could get worse yeah so I think that's the Quinterly debate here is just like Jay's got to have a reason. That's why I keep coming back to is Jay's got to have a reason for a DMP. There's got to be something there. Absolutely. Now, what we'll say on this podcast is that we'd like to see some more Javon Quinterly. Of course. We we said that or we said it two games ago. We wanted to see Quinterly. We know he's making mistakes, but we want to give him the chance to work out those mistakes. Right. Not not all that different. Not all that different, if you remember, to – if we look back even last year with Samuels, Samuels still got a chance to kind of work out those kinks. And there were a lot of kinks to work out. So let's give the guy a shot because the team does not look great right now and we could use a change of pace. Yeah, we, it would be nice to have someone who could change it up a little bit, right? And a point that other people will make who say Javon should play more is that Colin Gillespie hasn't looked terrific. Although the kid can still, the kid's got a better shot than Quinterly, no question. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful shot. He gets beat. He gets beat by his defender all the time. But... He at least knows the scheme of the defense. I was going to say, Quinterly is not going to solve that, as we've seen in limited playing time. The dude is totally lost on defense. So the argument is that Gillespie hasn't looked great. But Jalen Brunson ain't walking through that door. Dante DiVincenzo is not walking through that door. Ryan Archidiacono not walking through that door, no matter how hard Colin Gillespie's barber tries to make <laughs> him look like Archidiacono. It's not going to happen. not happening, unfortunately, no. We wish. So, look, Colin Gillespie is the best-looking guy for the floor. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. So, so headline is headline is we want to see more Quinterly at the end of the day. We would like to see more Quinterly. We'd like to see more Quinterly. Yeah. Which is which is fair, right? I want to know what I, I want to know what he can do. Yeah. And he's and he's not going to. We're not going to see what he can do. He's not going to be able to flesh out those mistakes unless he gets on the floor. Now, if there's something more serious happening, I don't know. 
then look, Jay has his reasons, fine. We'll work through it. And I don't know, maybe we don't see as much of him this year. But we want to see more. We think there's we think there's a potential there. So the argument about Jay mismanaging the Furman game, I think, is actually, if we're talking in relation to the freshmen, we should be talking about who else but Sadiq Bey. Uh, duh. I don't know how we didn't start with him. We talked about... Painter and we talked about Quinterly before Bay mistake. And I think I think we had I think we we had a good suggestion for our Sadiq Bay segment name. Hey Bay, hey Bay Bay, hey Bay Bay. This is our Hey Bay Bay. This is our Hey Bay Bay segment. So Sadiq, if you're listening, Hey Bay Bay, this is all for you. Here we go. Let's get it rolling. All right. So Sadiq. Just so you guys know, Sadiq played all of 10 minutes against Furman, which, you know, he did get in a- four fouls. <laughs> he had four he had four fouls. He was very efficient in the foul game. All right, call it what it is. But he had four fouls. And I was talking to one of my friends during the game, and I was like, he's like, oh, yeah, well, why hasn't Sadiq been? And I was like, ah, oh, he's in foul trouble. He's like, no, dude, that was like a half hour ago. I was like, uh, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> Jay just hasn't played him. Yeah. So, I mean, look, he was efficient on the fouling front for sure, but he's just somebody different, like, Man, Jay rode the starters hard. Sadiq has still looked pretty competent, both offensively and defensively. Let's get the dude some more run. Yeah. Now, one thing that Jay has admitted in the past is that he has he just tends to rely a little too heavily on his seniors sometimes, or on his more. And he said that in the post. Guys. He said that in the post game. He, he said yeah. that in the post game. He just says, "I hey, look." Sometimes I just guys get lost on the end of the bench because I'm focused on getting my guys and I want to win or lose with the guys who have experience, etc. in my program. And that's how he is. And he admits that. And I think one thing that he forgot to do was put Bay back into the game. Yes, he had four fouls, <laughs> but you didn't play him. Right. So yeah. worst case scenario, he fouls out and you're in the same position that you ended up being anyway. Yeah, absolutely. So I think Jay could have benefited on some rebounding, etc. With having Bay in, having a guy who's a little bit more aggressive, who can bury a three-point shot, because we were playing hero ball with that three-point shot down the stretch. Oh my god! At the end, it was so bad. And it would have had, it would have helped a lot to have a stronger, bigger guy who could get in and and box out and get a rebound, and also a guy who could have shot the ball from deep and provide another threat to open up the lane for Pascal to drive, or for Booth to drive, or for Gillespie to drive, or someone to get a drive and kick. Yeah, I think Bay could have been that guy. And Jay could have just been like, yo, dude, don't fucking foul. Yeah. Right? But but he didn't. That would have been all it took. And if he fouled again, as I said, he would have been in the same spot. Yeah, exactly. Like, we, we really wouldn't have lost anything if he does foul out. It's not a big deal. All right. So, so again, so you're sensitive, consistent theme here. We want to see more Quinterly. Of course, we want to see more Sadiq Bay. In my mind, you can't get enough Sadiq Bay. Sadiq Bay should be starting. He should be playing overtime. He should be playing every minute. Just don't take him out. Run him to the ground. Yeah, he's a one and done baby. He's only got one year here. Just put him, just push him to the push him I to the limit. I want Bay playing every. Push to the limit. I want ben, Bay playing every minute of every game. Done for the rest of my life. <laughs> um, I agree. I agree. But okay, thematically then. Moving on besides Bay, obviously we talked about Quinterly. I think you see it with the other guys too. Swider played just a few minutes. He actually looked a little bit more comfortable this game. Still no Slater at this game. I, I have to assume Slater's getting a red shirt at this point, which upsets me because he no looked- Slater showed up. Slater slowed up. Showed up. He put him in. You're right. You're right. He played for like a minute and a half. You're absolutely right. He did make an appearance. So like I don't know. I I, I do want to see a little bit a little bit more there. It's just I don't know. I want to see what these guys can do. Even give them a, a chance to get some role playing minutes. Yeah, I agree with that. Look, I think. I think that we say that, but I think the also point that we made up front is that Jay wants to get the guys who are younger and haven't been a leading role in a team a little bit more burned so that he at least has starters. 
Yeah. Right. One guy who got a lot of burn towards the end of the game, who seems to be a little bit more of a six-man type guy, uh, or at least starter yeah. even potentially, is Cremo. And we didn't talk about him earlier on in the season. And honestly, it's his game is a little bit yeah. vanilla, if that makes sense. It seems like he's like he can yeah. shoot the ball. He's got a good-looking shot, but he doesn't. Fa- he doesn't seem to like seek it out. He seems like he's trying to fit yeah. in before he tries to stand out, and that's fine. But he's a guy who's got to get himself open. He's got to move without the ball. He's got to work off a screen. We should be doing more to get him a screen, to get him an easy look. But if you got him and Gillespie in the game and you also got Booth and Pascal, you got four guys who can knock down three-pointers. Like that, we yeah. got to take that to our advantage. Like We should be able sure. to spread the I'm floor. Um. All right, and maybe maybe with Cremo, he's a little bit he's a little bit uncomfortable with the face yeah. mask. Yeah, a quick note: he was actually thing. pretty good in the game. He was three of five from three. He did hit some nice shots, three of seven overall. So like, it's coming together. I'm with you though. Like, I want to see him be a little bit more aggressive and basically, hey, that ball hits your hands, get it up there because that's what we brought you in for. It's not it's not to pass around at this point. And frankly, that's I think what I'm seeing a little bit with this team is like I get the ball, I think about it, and then I make a decision: do I shoot? Do I pass? Whatever. Um, all right. Do you yeah, do you do you think we're are we good on on the game? Do you want to hit quickly on on the Big East, the dumpster fire that is the Big East? I'm not. I don't want to get there just yet. Actually, I kind of want to. I, I you brought up a good point though about getting the ball around and swinging the ball around. These guys look overall like they're thinking too much. Yeah. Other than Pascal and Booth, who see that the guys are thinking too much and then start to play a little bit of hero ball, and we have to work on. They have to like realize how they have to fit in and be leaders and take control of the moment without playing hero ball. But this ball needs to move faster. These guys look like they're getting the ball and then thinking about what the right thing to do is and they're nervous. It's so obvious. This ball needs to swing around. If we're trying to find an open shooter and we're swinging the ball around the arc, that ball's got to move. That's got to go. Let's go. Yeah. Right. You got to play a little bit more quickly. Not to say like get sped up, but move the ball, right? The chances are if you move with certainty, the defense is not going to catch up to it. We have high-level athletes on this team. Move the ball with some pace. Yeah, I think other than that, I want to say one bright spot so far this season has been Demir Cosby Roundtree. Last few games, he's been like, I'd say the bright light a little bit. He's been getting some rebounds. He's playing a lot tougher inside. Demir Cosby Roundtree is, does a great job around the rim. <laughs> he does. You know, you, you pointed that out well. He does He does do a great job around the rim. I t- I'm totally with you. Um, and he, he did play a lot of minutes, and I was pretty impressed with the stamina. That was the one thing I was worried about with him this season. But he seems to be keeping it up. But as always, as always, Demir, great job around the rim. So on the game itself, to- all, all in, all said, look, it's a disappointing game. Yeah, you can't lose to Furman at home. Well, I think we all get that. But to stick with these guys, Jay will figure it out. These guys will figure it out. I think it's good that they're getting away from home for the Turkey tournament. We got Canisius coming up, and then you can have a good, some good competition down in Orlando. So uh, more tests to come, and then a really good thing is that after the tournament's over, so you got three games in three days, this team will learn a lot from that. You got a whole week to practice before we start Big Five play with LaSalle, and then you have all Big Five games, all 
Big bang, boom, right after the other, before we before the lead-in to the Kansas game, yep. which we're going to and expecting now, I would oh say. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's going to be so, so bad. We will, we'll do a live pod in Kansas. It's going to be rough, man. But, yeah, yeah. expectations have been reset there. Um, all right, should, should we do? Should we spend just a couple minutes on, on the dumpster fire that is the Big East? Yeah, the Big East <laughs> looks terrible. If there's any saving grace for this season is that the Big East looks absolutely horrible yeah you know i I used to think it was the saving grace now it's just embarrassing dude the only team (laughs) it's hard the only team that's looking any good is the uh st john's shimori ponds and yes the shimori ponds are doing quite well they're five and oh they won their little tournament they were in and you know frankly they actually look like the most competent team in the big east because the other fighting shimori the fighting shimori's yes absolutely they are they're looking like living up to their billing everybody else not so much man Marquette lost to Indiana, and Indiana like doesn't even look that great. I think they lost pretty handily, too. Georgetown, who I was so high and mighty on in our last podcast, look, call me wrong on that already. They had a bad loss to, I don't know, God knows who the other day in their tournament. Loyola Marymount? That could be. It was, it was horrible. And then to squeak out like an overtime win after that, just absolutely atrocious. Though I will, quick side note on that, go watch some of the highlights from those games. It's hilarious. I kid you not, they were playing in a hotel ballroom. It was like they went to the Westin and were like, oh, yeah, could we uh, use this ballroom to play a basketball game in? And they're like, yeah, sure. <laughs> the ceilings were so low. There were, I kid you not, I think three rows of bleachers. It was it was an absolutely horrible environment. I couldn't even imagine playing in that. So they look, they're back, in, back into the dumpster fire in, in my mind. Um, Providence already has two losses. We have two losses. Seton Hall's a dump. Xavier's already got three losses. Good God. Like, this is this is really bad, guys. I mean, this season, oh God. I mean, it's it's really anybody's for the taking, but whoever takes it, it's gonna be it's we're not gonna be mid-major respect, but um, yeah, I don't know. Come come seating day, people are gonna be like, oh, they won the Big East, but is that actually good? I don't know. Yeah, it's it's not great. Is the Big East is the Big East uh uh a sub four bid conference this year. It it right now the way it's looking, yeah. I mean, you're gonna have the Big East winner. I think you'll have St. John's. I think yeah. we'll get there. I think Marquette will get there. I think that's it. All right. So the so the over under. What are you setting the over under on bids? From yeah, the I think three and a half. I think three and a half. Is three and a half the number? Four and a half would be would be I think a little too high. I think the over under's got to be three, three and, and a half. half Yikes! Yikes! That is ugly. From a conference that had like what, like six or seven bids last year. I know. I know. Um, Look, the whole Big East is going undergoing a transformation, much like our team is ourselves. It's kind of like almost like we're like a like a corollary for the Big East itself. Is that so true? We had a really good start, right? We the Big East because of us has gotten two national championships. Xavier also had an elite eight. Xavier was a one seed last year, a two seed a few years back. So, look, the Big East has had a lot of success, but much like us, we graduate a lot of seniors that carried the conference, and this conference has to kind of restart with some new talent. Good news is there's a lot of good talent coming in, both to our program and to other programs around the league. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, look, guys, it's Thanksgiving. I want to keep going with this. Frankly, I'm getting called to Thanksgiving dinner right now. So, should we wrap it up, Chris? Yeah, yeah. So, look, I want to thank everyone for listening in. Guys, keep your composure. We got to keep our composure here. Relax. Enjoy this team. Enjoy watching this team during Turkey Tournament. And then 
we'll see what the rest of the tournament brings and then know that we got a week of practice and Jay's got these guys to get it all together. Just take a chill pill. We'll be fine. Villanova's got a, it's got a lot of good stuff coming in and we got a whole season to get this right. If you're going to lose, this is the time now to do it. So with all that being said, I want to thank you once again. I want to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving from the full 40 to all of you. Don't give up. Don't stop believing in your ability to continue eating food, right? And as always, let's, let's go, go Nova. Nova.